Have you ever broken up with the person that you thought was the one? If you have been through this experience, you're certainly not alone. I've experienced with my last relationship and we've had a listener contribute to this episode today asking the exact same question. How do I get over the one? Now we talked to therapist Dan today, our fabulous therapist Dan, about this and the whole narrative about one person being the one, it's a little bit of a fallacy. We've all been there, we've all been a little bit delusional about that person who we thought was the one and today we really get into the nitty gritty of why the one doesn't actually exist, how we can work through those feelings from that breakup and what it means to work through those feelings and we give you some really practical tools to actually move on and continue to live your best life. I really love this episode. For me, it's all the feels. My last relationship, I thought he was the one. He ended it and it took me almost twice the length of the relationship to get over the relationship itself. Sit back, enjoy. I hope you get something really valuable out of this and I hope we can all move forward and move on from the person that we thought was the one. And here we are. He's back from all therapist Dan. You can't get rid of him, but we love him. Welcome back, Dan. Thank you. It's great to be here. Now, this is a listener question, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to hit home for a, a fair few people, myself included. When I saw this question, I was like, oh, yeah, I can assimilate with that for sure. So our listener who has wished to stay anonymous, okay, respectfully, uh, she oh. says, I broke up with my boyfriend of four years, nearly 18 months ago, and I still haven't moved on. I've dated and tried to be open to new relationships, but every person I meet, I compare to my ex. I'm feeling really stuck and worried by the fact I won't meet someone of his calibre again, and I'm not sure what more I can do to let the narrative go that he was actually the one. So, yeah. hi. Okay. <laughs> it's all the feels for me, for sure. <laughs> I guess we should start by saying there's a lot of potentially harmful narratives around love mm. and the way that we navigate that space, right? And I actually think that the the one about the one is particularly bad mm. in terms of how harmful it can be for people. I think that there's a lot of questions around how we even come up with that narrative, mm. right? Like it, it it is a fairly personal thing. And definitely there's a whole bunch of different stories in in terms of, you know, we all have a unique story of how we end up in that position of thinking, oh, that was the one. But there's a few things that I think are pretty common for people in in that space. First of all, the one has a tendency to be someone we don't have around anymore. When we're dating the one and we're with them, it just feels like we're doing great. Mm. Like this is a great relationship and we're pretty happy, right? But it becomes pretty difficult and painful when that one is no longer there. So it's kind of the whole concept of the one. It's a narrative, right? It definitely is. Isn't it? It's not really, it's a, and I say this respectfully, it's almost like a delusion. It's not reality. Because if the one was the one, they would still be in our lives. Absolutely. Wouldn't they? That's exactly like right. Like that's the reality of it. If they were if they were the one, they would be there still. Yeah. 
Well, th- so. that's exactly right. Mm. I think that the, when we think of the one after that relationship is has ended, that is that has a lot more to do with us mm. than them. Yes. And the reason why we might do that is some people might even argue that maybe that's a way of kind of maintaining that connection mm. even when that connection is no longer there. Yeah. So we keep that story alive. We keep them with us by just potentially comparing everyone else to this person. So there's there's something about a difficulty there letting something go. Yes. We are having difficulty through the process of grieving that one relationship. So a few things that I think are really important are trying to really check in with ourselves and and, and just try to understand within ourselves, within our own story, how is it that we ended up in that position of putting this person up in that pedestal? Yeah, on that pedestal. Well, I know for me personally, my last relationship, mm-hmm. uh, which ended over 12 months ago, I thought he was the one. Yeah. And it took me a long time to move on from him and that relationship. And it was because I'd put him on a pedestal. He mm-hmm. had actually treated me better than anyone I'd dated previously. Uh, You know, he offered a lot of things I was looking for in a partner. But at the end of the day, he he ended the relationship. At the end of the day, he wasn't choosing me. Mm -hmm. And it took me until I actually realised that, hey, I don't want to be with someone as great as he is and as wonderful a human as he is. I don't want to be with someone who doesn't choose me. That's not what I want. That's not the one. It has to be an – yeah, that's not the one. And once the penny dropped for that, I was like, oh, oh, yeah, no, no, this doesn't make sense anymore because he's got all these amazing qualities and traits, but if he's not choosing me, then that's not the right person for me because I've – I've got lots to offer and I'm worthy of being chosen as, as much as him. So, yeah, I had, as you said before, I had put him on a pedestal mm-hmm. and for so long and I, I was kind of delusional about the whole situation. Yeah, it's really risky to put someone up on a pedestal, mm. right? It, it, whether that is a romantic partner or something else, what, right? Why do we do that? I think there's a lot of reasons why we do that. But one of the ones that is really interesting to me usually is when we're connected to that person, we have a, an experience of ourselves that we like for some reason. When we put that someone up on a pedestal is, is basically because somehow that person almost serves as a mirror that gives a, a picture of us mm. that we really like. Whether that is, I don't know, this is like, I don't know, Prince Charming, right, has all the things and we all go and and just look at this and and we go like, oh my God, I can't believe this person's with me Mm. or this person's choosing me. So it's like validation, kind of? Yeah, but it's actually, I think it goes deeper than just validation. Mm. We, We are always having experiences of ourselves that we are in various degrees comfortable or not comfortable with. Yes. When someone in our life shows up, that we connect with and then that connection feels like it's something just different and and, 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 all, and there's almost like that sense of like it's almost like a panicky sensation mm. right it's almost like oh my god I can't believe this is happening mm. then we attach things that are potentially about us mm. things like maybe this person makes us feel really seen maybe this person makes us feel really un really safe may actually that can 
go exactly the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Maybe this person feels kind of unsafe but exciting, mm-hmm. and then we really tap into the excitement part of mm-hmm. things, right? So potentially, sometimes the one that person that shows up in our life kind of fills in a space that we couldn't fill for ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And then we just put them up there as almost like, well. If this person's there, then I can feel like a more complete、mm. human being, right? And then I don't have to find a way of finding、Evolving、that for myself. Myself, yeah, exactly.、Mm. And one thing that gets really tricky about that is if that relationship goes away, then we're left with that big void, right?、Mm. We're left with that feeling of like, oh, this is the thing、mm. that I was really happy with.、Mm. This person was the way I could feel really good about myself. Or this was this was the person that I could feel good about my、mm. projects.、Mm. This this is the person that、uh, maybe this was the person that meant that I could stop searching, or I could stop growing, or I could stop putting all these effort into myself、mm. and all that sort of thing. So when it leaves, it's like oh. It's, it's a like massive a slap in the face. Exactly. It's it's almost like it's a massive backlog、mm. of crap that you have to take on board、mm. and like get get on with, right? And 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 take ownership of again. When we see ourselves in that position, the loss feels really heavy. Oh, tell me about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not just the loss of a connection; is、mm. is also the loss of of a version of us. Yeah. So like self identity. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know, like when I went through this breakup, I was like, "Oh wow, I thought he was the love of my life, and if he doesn't love me, then oh my god, like who else will love me?" And、yep. you know, and for me personally, a lot of the childhood traumas and triggers came up. It came back to my self worth, and and oh, it was debilitating that loss and that grief and just the sorrow of. Thinking, oh my god, I'm not good enough. You know all that、yeah. self-deprecation and lack of self-validation and low self-esteem. All that comes out. It's a really hard, hard process to to go through. It's massive, and and it's super strange because it can be quite counterintuitive. The whole scenario pulls us in the direction of trying to either find something that comes close. And then we 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 do this comparing thing,、mm. right? Like we we get into this, oh, this oh, maybe this person gets close, but it's missing this and this or that, or potentially. And I think that this is sometimes what's happening in the background. There is that sometimes someone can be great, but th- th- I don't feel exactly how I used to feel with this other person. Yeah, I've post breakup, I've been through yeah those. Thoughts, you know. I have gone on dates. I've compared these guys who are otherwise great、yep. to my ex and gone. Oh, I put that relationship on a pedestal, and、yep. I had to sort of really go, you know. But there were things that weren't fantastic about、Absolutely. that relationship. Absolutely. And then I started to see that I was like, ah,、oh, and kind of reality and、yeah. and the delusion dissipated a little bit. And、Good. it took time. Don't get me wrong. It、oh, took、absolutely. a long time for the length of the relationship. The the post breakup. Time took way longer.、Mm-hmm. It's a time sometimes, and actually having it hindsight's wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Absolutely. So, as we just mentioned, it can take time to get over someone.、Yep. It can take going and working on yourself. Like, what what is some of your tips or tools that people can actually start to move forward from someone they broke up who they thought. Was the one and and but, but quick just quickly yeah I have a dear friend and I, I love him to bits and he he's 
he's very charismatic and uh, an attractive man and gets a lot of women. And he always says to me, he goes, Edwina, there's 8 billion people in the world. Yeah, like, It's a lot of people. There's a lot of people out there. You're just dating in a little, very small pool. You know, you've got to be optimistic and put yourself out there because there's more than just sitting in Tenerife and the people you're dating in Tenerife or whatever. Like yeah. there are 8 billion people. So whenever he says that to me, I go, oh, yeah. He keeps, he keeps me in check for actually not having a lack mentality about moving on from an ex. Yeah. So because it's true, there's there's – Plenty of people out there. That's very true. Exactly. <laughs> See, this that's the thing. It's it's there is a little bit of a thing there in terms of access, right? Mm. We don't live in a world where we connect with eight billion people. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. <laughs> and and or mind maybe you, fortunately. yes, that's that's right. <laughs> but this is this is the beauty of it. We know that to be a fact up here. But everything that operates in you know in more feelings and all that sort of thing that sort of level operates on a way more narratives and stories kind of level so i think that what we need to do when we find ourselves stuck with that sort of thing is to first of all really dismantle the idea that we're really stuck with put the whole idea of the one where it belongs which is disney movies and rom-coms. Is that where effectively it's come from? Absolutely. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. If you think about like how relationships were navigated and, and, and done a, f- a few generations ago, this was definitely not a thing. These, these are fairly new movements mm. in terms of how, as humans, we've started to navigate the whole dating thing. Walt Disney's really thrown a spanner in the works for, yeah, for sure. a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and I guess as children, that's where we form our beliefs and our, you know, all our values. That's, you know, when our little brains are forming, that's where mm-hmm. we form all these. So mm-hmm. we're going into adulthood with, you know, 18 years of this expectation. And then it continues and here I am, 38, and still going, oh, the one, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really tricky because you, we, we take on board a lot of those messages mm. almost with without questioning them at all, mm. and then they clash with reality. First is to really put that the concept of the one just as just some form of fantasy. That's the first thing. And, and really so believe everything it. you've known for the last 40 years. Pretty much. Does not exist. Pretty much. It's just that all <sighs> goes into the school f- of life. Fantasy, fantasy land, <laughs> little box of things that are just really not yeah. close to reality. If you're anything like me, you might be in an age in your life where you're struggling to lose weight or at least keep it off. I had been going to the gym six days a week. I went on a calorie deficit diet and even after six weeks of doing all I thought I needed to shift some weight, I discovered I had in fact put weight on. It was then through my frustrations, I was recommended to go and have a consult with naturopath Carolyn Allen from The Balanced Naturopath. After the initial consult and doing some bloods, she put me on a program that was specific to my nutritional needs. So for the last month, I've been eating nothing but whole foods, including proteins, vegetables, and fruits, and I have lost an astounding eight kilos, that's in a month, and nine centimeters off my waist alone. Aside from the uncomplicated weight loss, I also feel amazingly healthy at the moment. I know for most people I'm surrounded by, they've all caught some kind of flu or allergy, and I haven't even had a tingle of a sniffle, which is very rare for me, particularly at this time of year. 
One of the things I truly love about Carolyn's recommendations as a naturopath, though, is she doesn't load you up with a ton of tonics and herbs like many others. She gives you only the necessary supplements to support your body and hormone health. I can honestly say I've never lost weight intentionally so effortlessly before as I have working with Carolyn, and I feel amazing. You can head to the link in the show notes or on the website to book a free 15-minute discovery call with Carolyn to see if she's suitable for your needs. The second thing is holding on to dear life in terms of keeping that vision, that image of the one, keeping them up on that pedestal Mm. actually entails very much, like you said, entails a whole lot of editing. Mm. Basically to put them, to keep them up there, you really have to focus on the good bits and kind of forget about the bits that don't really work. Even even something as powerful and meaningful and important as the fact that maybe they didn't choose you. That's hard. It is hard. It's really hard. Yes. But like I, I, I had once a person told me, we were talking about relationships and they were in a relationship and it was a hard one. And they came up with this metaphor. Having a relationship with this person is like having the best cake in the world. Like your favorite cake is the best thing ever, but there are tiny little pieces of poo, <laughs> right? Tiny little pieces of poo just hiding in there. Yep. Right? So I don't want cake anymore then. <laughs> that's exactly, that was, that's literally the point, right? He was saying something like, I feel like I'm just like trying to find the little pieces of poo, <laughs> trying to get them out, right? So I can enjoy this perfect, otherwise perfect mm. cake. Mm. And then he sat down and he looked at me and he went like, I've been not looking at the full picture. Mm. The cake includes the <laughs> tiny little pieces of poo. Yeah. And I think that there is... Yeah. No realistic, open and honest thinking process about the one Mm. that survives having a deep look, like having a realistic look, going like, okay, how did this person, how were they around us? How were we around them? Mm. Could it be a context thing? Mm. Maybe Maybe timing was just not right. And maybe it wasn't like either of our faults. But do you think the whole, that whole like, oh, I met this great person and the timing wasn't right. Sometimes I think... I think that's a fallacy in itself as well because if they're the right person, there isn't a right time. They, you know, what do they say? Anything that's meant for you won't pass you by. Uh-huh. Is that a fallacy around the timing of being with a particular person and not being the right time? On one level, that is absolutely mm. true, right? Mm. But on another level, mm. you have to consider that people change. They do. <laughs> <laughs> you did say you got over him. Yeah. So I, I'm just, I'm just curious if, if you're looking. I mean, I think that we all have a little bit of wisdom in how we already have done things in the past. You have your own lived experience about this. How did you do it? How did I get over my ex? Well, truth be known, he started seeing someone else. So that was that was probably the real a catalyst. Like, cut it off, like okay. I was like, "Yep, he's moved on. Great." You know, there's always an element of hope that you would potentially get back together maybe and that's how I felt for a long time yep and once I had seen he had moved on and quite quickly I believe and you know all the all the luck and good wishes and fairy dust to him I think it was actually that that break of that promise or that guarantee it's over yeah it was the hope I'm an eternal optimist when it comes to love I'm just 
that's probably half my battle <laughs> when it comes to dating. I am just, you know, I've been a wedding photographer for a decade. You can't not you love, love, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think for me, just seeing him, he'd clearly moved on. I was like, great, time for me to move on as well. And then the, the rose-coloured glasses came off. Yep. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, oh, yeah, that wasn't as – all I made it out to be, and but it took me a long time, and I think that's took me like a year. Oh, that that can absolutely happen. And, and <laughs> what I want to know is, hypothetically, going back, I'll never get that time back. But how can I look? I, I know I had to feel the emotion. I think that was very important, and it was a very emotional roller coaster because, you know, I was like ready to get married. I was I was ready to lock this man down do and things. do all the things. And so, you know, it was that kind of loss of, oh, maybe I won't get married now or have the family or do it, do all the things. Mm-hmm. But hypothetically, if that situation happens again, I don't want to waste a, a year of my life trying to get over someone without without just closing off the emotion and not feeling that. I think that's important to, to feel the emotion Absolutely. and to go through the waves of that. But how can it maybe like fast track the getting over Someone after a breakup. What, what would your tools or how? What could I implement, <laughs> therapist Dan? <laughs> I, 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 well, okay. First of all, I think fast tracking it can be a bit tricky, right? Because <laughs> mind you, emotions have its own agenda. Yeah, this is and true. they do have their own way of moving. Sometimes, despite our wishes. Can I ask you one more question about Please. that? Did you do that on your own, or did you get? Support. Oh, yeah, I had some therapy for sure. Okay. It actually wasn't uh, for that instance. It wasn't a lot of talk therapy though. It was more uh, energy therapy and kinesiology and stuff because it was actually like deep down. This emotion was really stuck in my body. Yes. So I had to sort of move that out. So, yeah. Yes. I think it was just getting back to focusing on me again. I I did realise, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing and rose-coloured glasses – in that relationship, I was just trying to please him and it was all about him and and I actually forgot about all the stuff I love and, and kind of put myself and my needs and my self-care on the back burner. Absolutely. So once I started getting into doing things for myself again, it made it a lot easier. Yeah. Because the love I wasn't getting from him, I was giving to myself. Thank you because that's literally one of the very important ones. Mm. If there's anyone out there listening to this who are stuck with this Hopefully whole thing. Hopefully people are listening. <laughs> yes, but if, if there's anyone stuck with the whole thing about yeah. the one, mm. I would probably suggest that the first thing that they need to do is to detach that narrative from that person. Because the minute that they stop doing it, that person will fall from the pedestal. Like reality will sink in, right? Oh, the, the, I hope they fall hard too. <laughs> they, they will. They absolutely will. Right? <laughs> that pedestal's high. Yes. It's a it's long fall. <laughs> yeah. It's a very long fall. So we probably want to consider that if we find ourselves really stuck in this, oh my God, I've lost the one kind of thing, that is mostly about us, mm. not about them and not about whether we have them in our life or not. We have found something that maybe we couldn't find anywhere else with this person and that's what got us super attached to that person and that's how they ended up up in that pedestal. We have to understand what was that person providing for us that we potentially need to look into providing for ourselves. And, And that takes a whole lot of work and sometimes that takes a little bit of help because 
most likely scenario, that thing that this person was providing for us that we didn't know we needed was is probably tucked in somewhere in our in our little blind spot that we're not exactly sure what it is mm, from our childhood or wherever exactly. else it's come from. Yeah, from our yeah. blueprints of yeah. what is it like to be loved or what is it supposed to be mm. like or who are we supposed to be in that world and, and who are the other person supposed to be. So a lot of these things operate at a level that we may not be fully aware of. If we end up doing this thing where we put something, someone up in that pedestal, I think that that is a really clear indication that there's something about ourselves, that there's something from that, yeah. that blind spot, mm. right? That we fully got through that one person. And now we're feeling all the loss and grief mm. from not being able to have that anymore. Mm. We understand where that's coming from. We try to provide that for ourselves and we put ourselves in that position where like, maybe, maybe I can be the one for me for a little bit. Oh dear. And hopefully we don't have to go through that process too often in life. But that's it. inevitably everyone will go through it at one point and it's a hard time. It's a really hard time. And we tend to be not super nice to ourselves through that time. Yeah. We tend to get a bit hyper vigilant about like all the things that maybe we did wrong and how maybe we weren't enough and all that sort of thing. And that's just that that's a really messed up way that our 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 psychology has to try to avoid pain for the future. Yeah. Fundamentally is trying to take care of you but practically is giving you a whole lot of pain. <laughs> so, so sometimes it's better to stick with the intent, the original intent. No, 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 this is about taking care of myself. And then just really, really focus on that. And be as selfish as you can be. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> that is my advice. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, be selfish. Be selfish. If you're anything like me, you know your life improves by the quality of the content that you consume. For example, reading. However, if you're also anything like me and you're extremely time poor, I have the tool for you to learn the knowledge and insights to improve your life radically in just 15 minutes a day. Blinkist is a fantastic app that summarizes some of the best nonfiction books in the world, all in less than the time it may take some of us to have a shower. Just like a podcast, you can learn on your commute, walking, or even doing the housework. With access to over 6,500 nonfiction books that cover topics like self-development, money, science and relationships, there's sure to be a topic that interests you. Get more knowledge in less time. Sign up to the app today by heading to the link in the show notes or head over to the Damsel in Success website for all the full information there.